Howdy folks, it's me, Michael Rowland. We've had a lot of funny people on the podcast, but today is the first stand-up comedian as a guest. His name's Aaron, and we're going to talk about all sorts of fun stuff, but the main focus will be Among Us. Here it comes. Thanks for coming back to Is This Podcast Name Taken? The show about the things we're doing to stay sane in a crazy world. It started out as a coronavirus podcast, but over time it's sort of evolved to cover all sorts of topics. Um, we still ask that question every episode uh, about you know what people are doing in lockdowns to institute a feeling of normalcy. Uh, a lot of people develop new hobbies. A lot of people go for a nostalgia route, and uh, a lot of people tell jokes on Twitter. And today's guest is a stand-up comedian and a friend of mine who I've known since high school, and he, his name is Aaron Isaacs. Hey, Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I haven't seen you since uh, last week. This is true. <laughs> but, but before that, the last time we saw each other was at a... Uh, live show by alt comedy legends tim and eric and um i think that's that's so fitting because um that was the the tour where there was a was there a, a virus outbreak in, in the show <laughs> that, was, that was about i forgot yeah 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 and it's it's just so so apropos um but yeah that's the that's the last live show i ever saw um before everything got locked down in this whole uh, Wuhan virus started kicking. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. Why, why am I laughing at that? Uh, what, what do you remember about uh, when coronavirus started getting more popular in the in the late days of February, early days of March? Um, I remember. Well, in the comedy scene, it was like people knew that like there were going to be everything was going to close and stuff people weren't you know the numbers were still very low so a lot of people i think more people were going out to do comedy in those last couple weeks just because they knew everybody's like oh i'm gonna miss it and uh i don't know i remember it was also scary because it was like, what is safe to do? Like, it's still similar now, but we have a better idea. But back then, it was like, I don't know, can I go get takeout or... Right. Mm. I remember I had a really flawed understanding of the virus and how it spread to the point where I was pissed off that the Trilon all-nighter was canceled. Yeah. Which, that was like, I was like, there's only going to be like... 90 people in the room like i was like okay they're canceling these uh rock concerts which have thousands of people i get that but come on it's only i doubt one of these 90 people has the virus and it's like now i look back on that and i'm just like yeah okay we all made our mistakes small room (laughs) small room no ventilation yeah um you know it's it's it would be a great breeding ground for uh for a coronavirus the only thing worse would be a uh trump rally comedy or trump rally or a comedy club. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing, right? Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> he should do a comedy tour, dude. He's oh. so fucking. He's so funny. Yeah, I, I could see him at like House of Comedy. <laughs> probably, that would be the one that has him. Is probably House of Comedy. They have um, people that have been in trouble for like 
sexual accusations, assault yeah. accusations. He so, fits right in. Yeah. Did they have like Louis and uh, like T.J. Miller and Jeremy? Oh Pitt. God, I fucking I hate that guy. Um, I I. <laughs> Let's not go down that route. I apologize. Um, I saw Jeremy but... do uh, do a nice like three minute set, and uh, <laughs> he was headlining that week, and then he struggled to do three minutes at the uh, at the open mic night. You know, it's it's hard to have a tight three. <laughs> he tried to close. Hmm? Sorry. God. No, no, you go ahead. He tried to close with an impression of Chris Rock, and no one laughed. It was very, he was like, just trying to do Chris Rock's voice. Like, yeah, I was in Rush Hour 2. Or no, Chris Tucker, sorry. Even worse. Yeah, that's fucked up. Edit that out. (laughs) I will. So it'll just be Chris Tucker. It'll be perfect. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, have you ever watched, um, this is totally off topic, but have you ever watched Tim and Gelman have lunch? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things of all time. If I were to make a list of like my favorite pieces of media, that would be on there. Um, I love hearing them talk about you know random comedy clubs, and that's like, oh, that's a good night. It's a Tuesday, but that's a good night. <laughs> it's a good room. It's a really good room, and uh, it's so fucking dark, especially at the end of uh, the one where it's clear that Gelman is going to go to a treatment facility, <laughs> and they end they they end it really darkly because. Um, they both do bits about the constitution and, (laughs) and neither of them, neither of them will relent. Uh, so it's just really their, their friendship is ruined and, uh, and Gelman is off to begin a new chapter. He's probably at the darkest point in his life. It seems like, well, anyway, uh, check it out if you haven't seen it. It's, it's It's on YouTube, right? It's on YouTube. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably my, my favorite comedian related piece of media so um, yeah, it's really good <laughs> I, I, I don't know anything about being a stand-up comedian um so i'd like to ask you how long have you been doing stand-up um like five or six years it's on the old facebook and uh i didn't i didn't really um we weren't really close around that point so i didn't know um <laughs> how that got started yeah well i um tried it in like 2011 when I was in college and did it for like a couple months maybe I'm not sure exactly how long might have been like a few weeks but I like I was at this like really low stakes open mic and I um I did my set and then I tried to put the mic back in the stand but the cord was caught under my foot and it like shot out of my hand onto the floor and like shattered. And, oh god! Like, fucked up the whole. I went first too. And fucked up the whole show. And I mean, it was like again, it was like at like this bar that's probably closed now. And everyone, people were like pissed, and I just got out of there because I also had somewhere <laughs> to go. Like I had some college club meeting or something, so I just left. And then I was like, I can never go back again. And then I don't know. Four <laughs> years later, it was like. I guess I can go back now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. That's, uh, that's, dude, if you do a comedy pilot, you should put that as like the opening scene. I feel like that's a great, a great introduction to a character. Um, 
well, I, I must have been traumatizing at the time, but I'm glad you stuck with it. Yeah, um, I'm glad I went back. It's it's like uh, when you leave a job on bad terms and you're like, you have to wait it out uh, <laughs> until they hire new people to go back. Like for me, that was like uh, Caribou Coffee. I left that job on sort of bad terms. Um, but now, now they, one, I don't live in Eden Prairie anymore. I'll censor that. And two, um, the, the turnover process is so huge yeah, that exactly. there's no way I would run into someone I knew there. Um, but sure. anyway, um, what, what would you say was like your greatest moment as a stand-up comedian? And then I'll have a follow-up, which you can probably predict. Okay. Um, you mean my greatest moment, like highest accomplishment? Yeah. Just okay, like a joke, a joke that killed, okay. um, or, or like meeting someone you really admire who liked your show or something like that. One time when I was very early in comedy, I met Todd Glass. And do you know, you know Todd Glass? Mm-hmm. Yep. He was headlining Acme. And uh, he, uh, we were all hanging out in the green room. And I, I had never worked Acme, but we... I just had friends that do so we could hang out in the green room. And I, I was like, we were all like smoking weed. And I was like, Hey Todd, can I tell you a joke? I was like pretty early on in comedy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. I told him this joke, which I used to tell all the time. People would make fun of me for telling. And it is, uh, my, actually it's kind of similar to something you retweeted recently. I'm pretty sure, okay. which is kind of funny because I saw that. And I was like, oh, that's funny. But uh, the it was um, my father is a Vietnamese chef. And on my 12th birthday, he interrupted the party in front of everyone to tell me he wasn't actually my father. But he's really my stepfather. <laughs> Talk about a faux pas. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So I told him, I told Todd Glass that. And then he like laughed and then he was like, uh, that should, at the end of the joke, it should be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes, whose joke is that? And I was like, oh, it's my joke. And he's like, oh, you just told me your own joke. I was like, yeah. Bing. And we laughed. That was not a big deal. Okay. I I think he was kind of fake busting my chops. Good, good. It was yeah. He's like he's very nice. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, so that <laughs> might be my. I don't know. I worked at Joke Joint and uh, Sisyphus hosting. Oh, duh! I uh, produced and hosted a show. Um, two years ago, it was a year or two ago, where um, the proceeds went to the uh races you know uh the ra the refugee and immigration center for education legal services it's like in texas they represent immigrants and like have like a legal team and so we raised uh like fourteen hundred dollars and we almost sold out sisyphus and i had like i got like all these big local comics like Mary Mack and Tim Harmston and 
Mike Lester and all these. Yeah, I don't know. It was pretty cool. Robert Burrell, Chris Maddock, like a lot of people I respect. And uh, it was very nice to put. And then my friends, Zach Kagan and uh, Shelly Paul, helped put it on. And it was, it was very, that was the best feeling I've ever had. So it was successful. Show went well. I did well. I was hosting. It was fun. And it was for a good cause, which is also advice for comedy is if you want to get experience running a show, just <laughs> make all the proceeds go to charity and then people will be eager to do it and they'll be eager to put it on. Because if I was just like, I want to put a show on, they probably been like, yeah, okay, so does everyone. But I was like, it can go to this good uh, cause and here are people that are you know, interested in performing and it worked out really well. So that was my high point, and okay, I'm ready for the next question. <laughs> you, you, did you book that show? Like you booked? Yeah, the... I did. The oh, whole that's thing. awesome. Mm. Oh, that's really cool. I had help from. Well, I mean, Mary Mag, Tim Harmson, and Chris Mag, Robert Brill, and I want to say there was someone else that I'm blanking on, but they're all they're all local, so I like know them. So it wasn't like I was like approaching people I don't know. Sure. You know, like I had a previous relationship with all of the comedians that were on it, but collectively like ro- they had romantic relationship. Yes. <laughs> uh, Very messy. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. It was awkward. All my exes <laughs> on the lineup and they all had jokes about your relationship. They all just, it was basically a roast of me. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not a comedian. <laughs> um, but they, uh, no, so it was, uh, you know, it was crazy because, like, at the end, it was like, these people have been on Conan, and this guy was on Letterman, and this guy was on Craig Ferguson. Oh, I think it was Brian Miller. Maybe I can't remember. Anyway. But it was, um, yeah. My, my follow up question is pretty obvious, but what was your uh, lowest moment in, in stand up comedy? Um. Not to get negative, but... No, I know. It's just so many things come to mind. <laughs> you know? It's like... Mm-hmm. It's like there's... I mean, it's impossible to answer because there's, like, so many answers. But... As a, as a former uh, failed musician... I'm still a musician. And the host of a failing podcast. <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> there, I would regularly... Not right. Re- Sometimes I'd go to this open mic in Coon Rapids that was just awful, and I wouldn't even get up at it. Anytime you go to an open mic and you don't go up, that sucks. Especially if it's at, like, a bar in Coon Rapids. Um, I bombed in front of my... I did this show called Jubilee at... It's like bar in St. Paul. I'd done it before. It used to be at 7th Street Entry at First Ave. Which I actually thought it was going to be at when I agreed to do it again. I was like, yeah, it was great. We hung out in the basement of First Avenue. In the bar. So was it like Amsterdam Bar or something like mm-hmm. that? And uh, I like did raunchy material and ate shit really hard in front of the rabbi. Whose son is, is the rabbi's son is a, a comedian. And... He booked me. I also forgot my wallet, and they weren't going to let me in. Like, I grabbed... I had two wallets. I had, like, my old one that had just, like, old stuff in it, and I actually grabbed that one. And I was like, I don't have my wallet. I'm so sorry. 
when I'm on the show and they almost didn't let me in. And it would have been better if they didn't like in retrospect, like if they had just been like, no, we can't do this. Like I would have had a much better night, but I fucking, I was like so early in the show too. I like did so bad. Cause I just tried to do my like normal material and I was kind of like rushing or I don't even know, but it talks about my dick and no one liked that. And then, yeah. And then I went off. I remember the guy hosting who wasn't a comedian after I went off was like, if you don't like this next guy, we're going to bring Aaron back up, which I actually thought was funny in retrospect. Like, I think one thing about being a comedian is if people like say stuff, well, I guess maybe it's not true. Maybe it's just true for me and not true for other people, but I don't get really offended if people will like insult my act or something. I kind of get the things that make me feel bad are my own conclusions from how it went. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even if I have a bad set and someone's like, well, that sucked, which has happened before in my mind, I can be like, yeah, I know that was bad and this happened or whatever. But like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had people say that um, a set went really well right after I got off and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And same, same for um, if people are critical and I am already aware of, of things mm-hmm. that went bad, it's like, thank you for telling me. I don't really take that stuff personally. Yeah. Um, the thing I the things I take personally are more when people are uh, sometimes people will become know-it-alls and, and act like they know you weren't trying on certain things. Um, and that's not, I don't know, that that's a dangerous game to play where it's like, yeah, you know, I, I could see that you weren't really trying. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I won't get into that. But no, that's the I only think... thing that... I'm sorry, God. That's the only part that I get frustrated about is, like, people trying to dictate your intentions or your feelings. Um, I think like, that happens in comedy a lot, too, in stand-up. Yeah, I bet. Because sometimes people will just even misunderstand what you were trying to say with a joke. Like, a lot of new comics will try to be, like, edgy and say things they don't agree with that are, like, racist or sexist just because it's, like, oh, it's, like, ironic. And the only time people like that is if they think that person is being sincere. And they're, like, oh, finally someone's speaking my language. And then they're, like, oh, God, no, this is not what I wanted. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, yeah, people will be, like, oh, yeah, I kind of saw you stumbled on that one thing or, like, yeah um it's funny yeah it's all... you weren't you weren't confident in that joke and it's like what no i was it's like no that was <laughs> what do you mean acting. like i was acting it, it like you know sometimes that's the other thing is you'll try to like i'll try to like put some kind of effect on it you know and like yeah yeah like perform <laughs> and then they'll be like whoa you were like emotional there like i was that's the power of acting, my friends. Then the other thing is why people are like, I'll be at the open mic and I'll just be trying new stuff. And they'll be like, really like how you wore your coat on stage. Like you just don't give a fuck. It's like all part of this character. I love it. I'm like, no, I just was going to leave after. That. Yeah. <laughs> that that's, that doesn't offend me as much. Um, when people read into stuff in a certain way, um, that that's more like, wow, I can't believe they got that from uh, me wearing a coat. 
Um, or in, in my case, it would be like, oh, I totally can see how this song is connected to this song you wrote. And I'm uh-huh. like, well, no, it's not. No, it's not. But that's cool you think that. Um, <laughs> uh, it's cool that I'm so repetitive that my songs sound so similar. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, are you missing playing live? Or I yeah. should say performing live. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That, have you have you done any Zoom gigs? Yes, or but zigs? I've, I've done some, done a few zigs, done a few zags, <laughs> done a few zogs. But uh, I, you know, it's just, the, I mostly do it, like, I don't do it a lot, but if I do do it, it's not to, like, it's just to kind of keep that, like, muscle, you know, like, okay, can I still say jokes? Does it make sense? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I've been, um, and we're going to get into it a little later, but I've been playing a lot of Among Us with my friends that are comedians. So I've actually been getting that kind of social need of like hanging with my friends met, not as well as in when, you know, before COVID, but it really is nice. Like we're all... You know, a lot of us are together. Some people I hadn't seen some time. We're all talking and having fun, playing a game, and joking around. So it's like I'm not doing, you know, I'm not writing bits, but we are still, you know, joking around and busting each other's balls and whatever. So it's good. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I don't feel like the urgency to be like, um, oh, I gotta like keep writing. Or, like, I gotta keep uh, producing. Because I don't know what the world's gonna look like. I don't know when I'm gonna do stand-up next, you know? Yeah. So, like, the muscle flexed, yeah, but I don't know. And then the other thing is everybody's locked down so now, so it's, like, not everyone... I don't know. It's not a million things you can say about being <laughs> locked in. Um, yeah. No, wait, not th- there are in a podcast setting, but not yeah. in a, <laughs> not in a stand-up. Like, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. as a comedian writing a set, I feel like there's only so many jokes that can be made. Mm. And, and also, because, like, it is, like, I mean, I am in Minneapolis with other people. So the same Minneapolis observations as comedians. It's like, oh, everyone's like, go oh, out comics, talk about the airport. You know, there's going to be a lot of comedians. It's like, Oh, I'm, I didn't, I didn't know how close to stand to people. So I'm glad I know it's six feet now. That was my joke was that cured my anxiety of not knowing how close to be like, if you're in Chipotle or something, My my joke was, oh, God, I've been standing six inches uh, away from everybody. (laughs) I've actually been standing closer to everybody than I used to. Yeah. So, yeah, I I didn't tell anyone that joke. It's just in my head. Mine was, uh, I didn't know how close to stand before, so now I'm glad that I know it's six feet, uh, because before I was doing eight. Hmm. (laughs) and that's dangerous that's too far (laughs) it was too far i'm glad i can take two steps in i was (laughs) somehow the virus gets stronger after the sixth foot i'm too close to the person behind me 
well, I, we're coming off of a holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, for for Thanksgiving is the holiday. If you haven't heard of it, it's pretty pretty boring. Um, probably my least favorite holiday uh, before now. And um, it was uh, I don't know about for you, but for me, it was super depressing this year. Um, not even necessarily because I like missed going to my family get together, but more just like, I just woke up and I was just like, fuck, this is so bleak. Like, and uh, I don't know. I, I have all these friends who are like sort of shirking the rules here or there mm-hmm. and like, well, we have a bubble and even people who said they weren't going to do anything wound up having friends over. And it's just, I don't know. Um, how was your how was your Thanksgiving slash Black Friday? Did you do anything fun? Uh, no, I had a horrible Thanksgiving. Uh, horrible. Well, I worked on Black Friday. That was all right. Delivered pizzas, but I agree with you with the whole people kind of like maybe they took it seriously for like a couple months and then started like going out or whatever. Um, I have a friend who got COVID in over the summer and was like, made this big post on Facebook about it. It was like, I was so, so good about it for like the first half. And then I was like, not social distancing, not wearing a mask. And now I have it. I know exactly how I got it. And you know, all this stuff. But then this person kept doing stand up and kept (laughs) like, going out they would put on like their social media feeds like going anywhere like shooting bows and arrows like this is not something they would do right like this is not something they did before like why are you choosing this time to like go to all these different places and then they had another they had another covid scare they thought they got it a second time and it's like i i don't know i haven't had it and i've been you know, distancing, and if I see people, we stay six feet or more apart, and we're outside. Yeah. It's usually usually one other person. <laughs> yeah. If that, so. And I'm I'm trying not to get like judgmental about these people, and I'm not I'm certainly not the judge, jury, or executioner, especially not that last one. Um, <laughs> it's more I I totally empathize. Humans are social animals, and we all want to say like oh this this can work and i i visited my mom the day after thanksgiving and wore a mask the whole time uh except for when i except for when we were eating but we did stay six feet apart i stayed for about an hour um but even that is me kind of going well i can it works for us because we haven't made contact with uh someone who's infected in more than two weeks and um all that jazz uh But it's 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 more on the government at this point. Like, oh yeah, we, it's it's been like a traumatizing experience, you know, being locked down in March and like, of course, people are going to start to like squeak squeak a little more activity in and like, I don't know. I I guess my point is is just like it's it's still really depressing and um, I uh, I don't know. I I missed. I, I, I was able to do a Zoom call with my family, um, my dad's side of the family, and yeah. uh, there were some funny moments there. Um, and um, 
yeah, I um, on Black Friday, I uh, for whatever reason I went nuts and uh, probably probably like anxiety or depression related, and I bought a bunch of Blu-rays um, from from Vinegar Syndrome. Do you know them? No. I will send you a link. I know you're a big movie guy. We'll talk about movies, I'm sure. Um, they are a horror slash smut imprint. Okay. And when I say smut, I mean like 60s to 70s adult films. Um, it's very weird. That part of the site, I'm not as into. Trust me. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> but, um, but they have such awesome cult trash horror movies. They preserve them to like 4K quality sometimes. Wow. Um, they put special features on there as if they're, they're the criterion collection. Um, it's, it's insanely cool. And they had a black Friday sale. I think that's still going on. Uh, this is not sponsored by them. I wish it was. And, um, the other company I supported was SRS cinema, which had, um, they've been a big, uh, Blu-ray imprint for like independent Kaiju films, which is like Japanese giant monster Mm -hmm. films. Godzilla. Um, uh, but yeah, like independent. So no Godzilla, no Godzilla. Kaiju isn't Godzilla like in the genre of Kaiju? He is. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. But I, I just, you know, if Toho's Later. lawyers are listening. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Toho, believe it or not, they're about as litigious as Starbucks, if not more. <laughs> they're, they're very protective of the Godzilla brand. I can where, believe that. Yeah. Like Subway released a five dollar foot long commercial where it was a dinosaur monster attacking a city and it didn't it didn't really look like godzilla at all um legally i'm not sure that they had like a a case but they they got it removed from the commercials and it's like really is that gonna is that gonna impact the godzilla brand that we saw someone making fun of him and i don't know i mean why is reptar okay but that's not i was literally just thinking that sorry well sorry for sorry to step on your toes no Um, i was just about to bring it's funny i was just about to bring that up like how did they not sue rock or barney yeah barney is uh i used to love barney as a kid but then i moved on to the adult uh, version of barney (laughs) yeah with with more uh political uh inference with the atomic bomb and radiation in Japan. And yeah. the first Godzilla film actually is pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but anywho, so that's what I did is I supported small businesses on Friday. And then on Saturday, I did not support them. I, I small uh, business Saturday. <laughs> yeah. That's what they call it. I went to a and coffee shop. That's a small business. That's cool. So, that's cool. Misfit I, coffee. <laughs> never, never been there, but sounds good. Um, yeah. it wasn't my first choice, but yeah, I, I know that, um, cardigan donuts, which is my favorite donut place. They were closed on Saturday or I probably would have gone Whoa, there. I, by the convention center. Yeah. Yeah. I love those guys. I, um, they're the first business where I sent them a DM and I was like, Hey, do you want to come on this podcast and talk about how COVID has impacted your business? And, uh, they left me on red. So <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, no, and I'm not talking trash. Um, no, they're your favorite. That's super yeah. funny that they didn't even respond. Well, the way I see it is like they're probably like, uh, why would I come on here? And maybe it was I don't know who's looking at their Facebook page, That's you know. A good point. They might have forwarded it to the email of the boss or 
who knows? I try not to worry about that stuff because sometimes people will surprise you and get back to you like when you've forgotten about messaging them. Yeah. And then it's a nice little surprise. It's a nice little treat. Um, did you, but yeah, did you do any, uh, any business supporting beyond the coffee place? Misfit coffee? Uh, I went to McDonald's. So Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the first episode with Dan Brown, I did talk about how I, I grew to love McDonald's during this pandemic. I, I, uh, I hadn't had it for years up until March of 2020. Um, and man, that that shit is that shit is poisonous, and it's so good. What did you get? Um, I was I was really hooked on their um, breakfast menu at that point. Oh yeah. For whatever reason, um, I would get like their sausage um, McGriddle sandwich, um, and then their hash brown, of course. And to top it all off, I tried their coffee, and I really do like their coffee. That's not particularly coffee. real. Like it's not like an artisan coffee blend, but it tastes fine. Um, yeah, I like it. It's using some of the same machines as Caribou and Starbucks, I think, or at least when I worked at um, Caribou. Yeah. But, yeah. So for whatever reason, I got really into McDonald's. Then I sort of got got back on the Taco Bell train. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Taco Bell is probably the best fast food restaurant from, from my taste. By the strict definition of like, not including noodles or Chipotle. You like noodles, huh? I, I used to. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough phase. I look at that now and I'm just like, what are you, stupid? I mean, it's no. It's, it's it's decent. Um, but yeah, Chipotle is still great. I'm actually a Chipotle guy now. I am too. I like them a lot. I, I went through a Qdoba phase, but Chipotle is goat. Oh, yeah. I don't like I don't like Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's is great. Oh, it is. What did you order there? I got the cheese steak, and I was like, eh. I I went for like a a club. I think I've only had it once, but it was really really good. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no. We're we're going into food. Um, we should do just a quick Doughboys episode. <laughs> we got to make the title just different enough where they can't sue us. Yeah. Um, soft boys, soft sandwich men. guys. Fast food fellas. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, let's go on to hashtag stolen from Twitter. It's where I look at something on Twitter and um, I say to myself, wow, that warrants further discussion than 240 characters. So this week we're going to talk about what feels like blank but isn't. And I thought for you, you could answer my question, what feels like stand-up comedy but isn't? Okay. Uh, posting on Twitter nice. was orig- was my original answer, I think. Because it does have the feeling of, like... Twitter mostly feels like when a joke doesn't work. Because, like, even if it goes well, it's not like you can hear people laugh. But when it doesn't go well, you just look at it and there's, like, okay, like, one like, <laughs> nothing else. So I know that I was, feel. <laughs> you're right. So that playing among us with my comedy friends feels like hanging out. So that's nice. Uh, so yeah, probably those two things. Nice. Yeah. Good answers. Um, now I don't know what doing stand up comedy feels like, so I figured you could ask me something. What feels like blank but isn't? Oh, okay. 
and we can edit this, so don't oh, don't feel the need to rush. All right. What, what feels like being a what loser? Feels like <laughs> what feels like a song that should have been on the Weezer cover albums but wasn't on it. It's a great question. Hmm. Mr. Roboto by Styx. Oh, that's a good answer. That's Thank you. Better than what I was. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna? What were you thinking? Probably that the "There She Goes" song that was already covered by Sixpence None the, None the Richer. The other one I was thinking of was "September" by Earth, Wind, and Fire, but that's too <laughs> that's that's too old. That would suck so much. Oh my God, I want that to happen. Ugh, no, dude. There was. In the movie Trolls, they covered it, and it is so fucking embarrassing. Um, I think they also cover uh, Still Standing by Elton John in that movie. Yeah, those movies suck. Um, I haven't seen them, so I have no bearings on the subject, but I hate the trailers. So there you go. Now, next up, we have a favorite of the show, uh, Dunk Fest, where we take something from the last week and... Um, sort of rant about it and get some stuff off our chest. Um, Aaron, did you want to go first or uh, should I go first? I'll go second. Okay. Um, So one of the things that happened on my family's Thanksgiving Zoom call was my dad brought up the Lincoln Project. (laughs) And uh, God, I hate these fuckers. Uh, They they suck so much. Um, their, Their ads are really... I don't know. They're just really frustrating to me, especially because they work with literal plagiarists and thieves. Uh, fuck, fuck, buddy. What's it called? Fuck Jerry. Yeah. Fuck Jerry. Yeah. And um, I I don't know. I really get pissed off at them because these are people that like I don't trust as far as I can throw. Um, they, the way I think about them is they are more pissed off at the optics of Trump than uh, any of his decisions. Um, they're grifters. I know grifter is the new hot word along with gaslighting. Both of those words tend to be used incorrectly, but, um, I really think they're grifters. I think that a lot of the money that was donated to them should have gone to other places. And, um, well, you can see where they're going. They just collected, like they just took it as their salaries. If you look. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fucking insane. Conway is a fucking scumbag. Um, his wife is a fucking scumbag. Um, they, they are essentially just trying to win over the media and look good. And, um, yeah, they, they speak pretty, but, uh, watch the feet, not the mouth. They are, they're traitors and they will, um, like even, even Mitt Romney, who is one of the more decent conservative guys, you know, in terms of how he talks to the media, he, as soon as, uh, as soon as Biden wins, he's on the he's on the network television talking about how my vote is private. I'm not going to talk about my vote. I'm going to look to the future, and we can't let him abandon fracking, and we can't let him do this. We can't let him do that. And it's clear, like, oh, okay, yeah, they're they're going to go back to the status quo now. Um, it's just the the fast food eating, um, you know, stupid shit saying president we currently have that they don't like. Not anything he's doing because um, he makes them look bad. So. That's that's my dunk fest. I hate the Lincoln Project. I'll gladly talk to any of them on here and <laughs> tell them to shut the fuck up. Like, go away now. 
Like they're my dad was just so glowingly happy about this Thanksgiving ad that they did about how what we have to be thankful for now that Trump is out of the office. And it's like, why are you still making commercials? Just yeah. go away. <laughs> Stop asking for donations. Oh, uh, yeah. So what's your dunk fest, my friend? Oh, well, that was really good. I like that a lot. I have so many people I'm going to dunk on right now. <clears throat> In a similar vein, um, there's a, a member of the Minnesota House of Representatives, um, the State House, named Pat Garofalo. That is, uh, he's on Twitter. I actually, he like commented on my friend's Facebook page once because I don't know how they wound up were friends, but then. <laughs> She was like, oh, this Pat Garofalo guy is so annoying. I was like, I don't know who that is. And I looked him up and I was like, it can't be the state of, like, the politician. But, I mean, I just found that when I Googled him. But sure enough, it was him. And he was, like, he's a Republican, but he was trying to be all, like, a lot of these Republicans, like, want to be, like, liberal. Like, they're jealous of, like, the liberal culture. I mean, the culture war was won by liberals or whatever. So this guy is, like, trying to be all flowery and, like, yeah, I don't, you know, like, police brutality's bad, but we can't defund the police or whatever. Like, all those, like, talking points of, like, keep the status quo. Kind of like the Lincoln Project. Like, you know, like, it's bad, but we can't just totally change everything. And then I fucking found this guy on Twitter, and he he tweeted that, a lot of dumb shit, but the one that really pissed me off was he tweeted that there were gang checkpoints in Minneapolis where if you were driving through Minneapolis, they would, like, you'd have to, like, stop and they could, like, look through your car. Like, I mean, there was no real explanation. <laughs> There's no explanation seen, as to I've what that, that meant. No, you I've have. seen the tweets. I've seen the tweets. Oh, you've the, seen uh... his tweet. Yeah, you might have seen me tweet about it because I was really pissed. Because, one, <laughs> this guy doesn't live in Minneapolis. He lives in Lakeville. And he... Like, like most of our cops, he doesn't live in Minneapolis. Exactly. And he, he doesn't represent Minneapolis. And all he fucking does is complain. Oh, they're trying to defund the police. Oh, the DFL is too far left. And all this shit. And it's like, worry about your own fucking constituents or whatever it's called. Constituency. Yeah, and uh, and just, like, fuck off with that shit, because he's... But then, so he says this about Minneapolis, he's all critical of it, but on his personal Facebook page, he would post about, like, going to restaurants in Minneapolis and all this shit, so he's, like, is a hypocrite, knows it's not true. Mm-hmm. And he wanted points because he, like, wasn't a Trump supporter, but it's like, you are racist, I see the racist shit you, like, post. Like, oh, man... But then he blocks me because I kept I he did that thing where you can't respond. He posted that thing about gang checkpoints, like only people mentioned can respond. So yep. me and a couple other people would quote would copy the link to that and post it under his other tweets and be like, mm. "What's up with this? It's like bullshit!" And then he blocked me. So fuck that guy. I fucking hate him. He's the dumbest. Absolute worst. You should all go harass him on Twitter. His name's Pat Garofalo. Tell him to go fuck himself. He absolutely deserves it. And so that's number one. Number two is Camila Gonzalez, because she told me to say hi to you, and I said that I wouldn't do that. So, not gonna happen. Hi, Camila. Uh, no, I, well, I'm not Uh-oh. saying hi for her, because she can oh, just okay. text you or message you on Facebook or something. Do with this podcast if you'll have her. 
Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, she she yeah, hasn't ever so, tried to. So dogging on Camila for I don't know why. I don't know why she didn't just say hi to you. Uh, I'm a pretty intimidating guy, Aaron. I mean, that's true. Very well, yeah. We were the big alphas at Hopkins. <laughs> so your dunk fest number three, sir. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, Zach Kagan, my friend Zach okay. Kagan, okay, <laughs> and Mike Lester, because oh, they're, okay. Like, do you ever have this? Where you have two really good friends who are also friends with each other, but then they just don't get along because they just have different personalities. Yeah, yeah, that's happened to me. All right, yeah, like these are two great guys, but Mike is sometimes a little too far with the jokes, and Zach is a little sometimes not far enough. And then they get this weird thing where it's like it looks like they're just catty at each other. And I think they should just get along. I agree. So that's, dunk fest. <laughs> that's a great dunk fest. It's really more of a supportive fest. <laughs> yeah they're I'm both so great i love them they're both my good friends and and they do a pod they actually do a podcast together well that's great but, yeah. if they can argue on the podcast that's uh you know that's gold zach's a big doughboys fan he was he bought me oh, yeah. tic- a ticket to see where i would have probably seen you at the minneapolis show yeah. i was canceled he got that for my birthday and yeah, yeah. they're on- do you play magic the gathering no yeah, me either. But like every person in my life does, so it, it yeah. feels like I should. I feel like maybe I should dunk on myself now for not playing Magic the Gathering. That's where it's like for the past fifteen plus years, like every person I've been friends with plays it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really into um card games or board games. Really? Yeah. Well, Aaron, you're you're gonna explain Among Us to me. That's the main oh, that's crux. So what, what the thing I ask people is, what have you been doing to stay sane in a crazy world? And uh, would you say that the the uh, Among Us has been your pick for that question? It's been Among Us, and I've been drinking a lot of craft beer. Nice. The two go hand in hand. I would say to complement each other. But yeah, <laughs> Among Us is a game where you do you know what it is? No. No. Okay. I so, just barely know that it, re- it relates to that famous werewolf game where you have to find yeah. the werewolf. So you know that game. Okay. Yes. So it's like that, but you play in like a sort of 16-bit style video game world, you know, like the old Zelda or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, um, there's two types of player. You're either a crew member or an imposter. If you're the crew member, the goal is to complete these like mini games that are scattered throughout the map and you just you know like if you play on your phone you just slide something over or do something in order or whatever it's pretty self-explanatory so you do those and if you do enough you can win and then the other option or the other uh thing you try to do is you try not to get killed and you try to figure out who the imposter is the imposter usually there's one or two depending on how many people are playing they run around pretending to do those tasks, but at the same time, they can set off like emergency tasks that have to be done to like. So if that that could be a way to win the game is like you could like drain the air out of the ship or whatever mm-hmm. map you're on, <clears throat> and then you can also kill people. 
So you try not to get caught killing people. You kill someone, leave the body. Someone can find the body. When they're killed, leaves the corpse. And so uh, the goal is to, if you're the imposter, you win when there are an equal number of crew members to you. So if there's two imposters, two people left, you win. Hmm. Or if you can get them to fail. Um, another strategy is convincing them to vote for the wrong people. So, like, if you kill someone and then they vote someone else out that's not the right person, that's, like, two people gone. Um, and we play over Discord with a video, with a voice chat thing. So, like, when a body's found, or you can call a meeting, it's, like, everything stops and you go into this, like, little chat room. Usually, if you're not playing on voice, you can do, like, text chat but uh, we do voice chat, and uh, yeah, you try, you talk it out, try to figure out who it is. But it's a lot of fun because there's a lot of gaslighting <laughs> and just lying and strategy, and it just winds up being a lot of fun. You got, and it's just a good way to be social. You know, there's not a lot of activities that involve ten people together. So I can add you to the group if you want to play with us too. It's yeah, I'll play around. Good. Yeah, I love it. Where, it's so. Where, where does the so word fun. "sus" come into it? It's just like suspicious. I think it's just sort but, of short for suspicious. So it's not like part of the game as much as it's part of like the talking. Yeah, I think "sus." I think was short for suspicious already, and yeah, then people started saying it in the game because it's just so easy to just type out fast. You know, sure. like yeah. And then okay. people just start saying it as kind of like a joke on the fact that people type it out a lot. That is my guess. I don't fully know. Because I was wondering if it was part of the game, like someone would be labeled sus for a while. If that people... is the thing that people, they'll say like, oh, this guy was in this room that's kind of sus. Sure. Okay. Now I get it. But it's not, um, it, yeah, it's not, it's not like, you know, part of the game itself. Got it. It's like just, yeah. That was that was something that I was really interested about because because um, everyone says it now. It's yeah, funny. it's like in memes it's, and stuff. Yeah, it sure is. Um, well, that's cool. Um, I've been getting into Discord myself. Uh, oh, nice. I, uh, I I am a patron for two Dose different Gord. podcasts. Yeah, the Discord, and then um, there's one for Headgum, which is a network I, I love. Oh, you're in that too. Mm-hmm. Cool. I haven't. I've been too shy to um, use the microphone and talk but i do chat in the chat rooms and so far people have been really cool i mean the doughboys community and i'll probably cut this i should stop talking about what i'm going to cut um the doughboys community is like one of the best i've seen online i haven't seen like any toxicity or um like people feeling better than others um and it's it's really inspiring maybe it's just because it's such a uh I don't know. I've always thought that food was like the, the universal icebreaker where it's like, that's true. I can talk to like a coworker who I have nothing in common with and who maybe we don't usually talk much. And I can talk about restaurants I like, or, you know, things I like to cook for, uh, for a long time. And then they'll bring up something else and I'll be like, (laughs) like, they'll be like, want to see pictures of my granddaughter? And I'll be like, no, (laughs) get away from me. (laughs) You fucking, uh, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> that's you say, a good what, point. Yeah, what's the say, granddaughter eating? <laughs> <laughs> what's she eating? Was she getting the McDonald's kids meal or the Burger King kids meal? <laughs> Which one's Facebook group? 
Ford. Sorry to cut you off, but I've been no, a Facebook no group for Doughboys. Or maybe, are you, I don't know, it's called like the, I don't even, it's some like just fan page. But Robert Perz, Perzinger is in it. And, uh, great guy. A lot of, yeah, a lot of, it's like thousands of people in it or something. But I remember one day some guy posted about the, um, producer or engineer or whatever being attractive just like oh wow, she's like so hot like whatever and every comment was like this is not appropriate she's great i don't even think i don't know if she's in the group i don't think she is but it was like this, this is so stupid just keep this to yourself like it was it was nice it was the only time i've been on the internet where someone posted something like that and everyone was against it you know, like everyone was yeah. like, fuck you and fuck this. And it was nice. I do agree that it is, it's a positive community. And, uh, yeah, it's also one of those things where it's like, they can be like vulgar and stuff, but they are, you know, like PC, like they care about, I mean, they donated a bunch of money after Rob Lowe was their guest. Which by the way, that whole thing brought awareness to a lot of people that didn't know that Rob Lowe did what he did. Um, yeah, what a freaking his his appearance on that episode was so bizarre. He said some stuff about like how fast food comes in these weird containers, and then people were like, "Yeah, that hasn't been a thing in like thirty years." <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and and then I thought people, it was really. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, people were like, "Well, he insulted Mitch because he said that if he ate that he like." can't eat fast food because he's on screen or like he wouldn't be able to host doughboys because he's on camera a lot and they're like mitch is on camera and i was like this is kind of a stretch because like rob Lowe is known as like like a good looking like fit guy like it's not yeah. you know what i mean like yeah the know. thing the thing that also was weird was that he got out of there really quick and he oh he, he ended the, the show himself you know he said all right guys take care <laughs> Yeah, and so Emma played the the game with him. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, the, Emma played the uh, post review game. I forgot about that. that was yeah, so weird. You, you you saw that Persinger was a guest on this show, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a fun fun time. Very Did nice. Did you talk guy. about that? I listened to some of that one, but I didn't listen to all of it. Did I talk about it? You talk about Rob Lowe? Oh no, no, no! That was way before that. Uh, no, no. Got to have him back to talk about Rob Lowe. <laughs> well, Emma's going to be Lowe. on. Emma, no way. Emma's going to be on uh, the one in a few weeks. Emma, um, the engineer, is going to be on? Wow, yeah. that's really cool. She's yeah. funny. She is, and um, she was so... I don't know. The thing that is so cool about those guys is they're all so welcoming, and the thing that's inspired me about doing the show is um, people aren't, like, pulling the ladder up, you know? Like, they, they nice. want yeah. other people to succeed. Um, so when I reach out to someone like... Uh, Robert Persinger or Emma or um, the guest I'm going to have on tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. Um, they're like, yeah, of course I'll do a podcast. That sounds fun. And uh, let me know what you need from me. And uh, it's a totally different scene than like being a musician. I feel like a lot of oh, yeah. musicians will step on anyone to get ahead where I think right now we're in a podcasting kind of gold rush. So maybe it'll change as, as uh, the, the amount of shows goes down, but I don't know. Everyone's been really nice to me, so. Um, but okay, cool. Uh, the um, Among Us. Well, yeah. Please add me to. Uh, I will. Add that you. group. I'll. I'll probably be a little shy at first, but uh, 
you know, I don't like going on microphone, but, um, which is so funny because I have a podcast. You're great Uh, on mic. I'll get you. I'll talk to you. I'll make you talk. Anxiety, man. Anxiety is a bitch where I love performing on stage, but giving a presentation to a class or to my work colleagues. Oh yeah. Fucking horrible. Um, all right. Well, we just have one more segment here. Um, just one. And it's, uh, called, are we question or are we answer? (laughs) It's time to end the show while we're zooming. Let's give some answers to thoughtful questions. Our fans are sent. And I'm well aware this being a disaster. Oh. Are we question? <laughs> or are we answer? So it's are we question or are we answer where we take a fan question and we answer it. It's uh, every other podcast on the internet is doing it. So we have to do it too. And um, today's question it's being looked up by me right now. I didn't have it prepared. What'd you think of the theme song, Aaron? I liked it a lot. It was funny. I thought I was laughing at the name of the segment, <laughs> and then the song came in. I was I, like, wow. I just I thought of it just on the spot, man. I was just laying on my couch, and I was like, I, I need a question segment. And I was like, I need more music on this show. And uh, those two those two things just luckily there's oh, yeah. an instrument. There's just an instrumental on the uh, on the web for it, luckily. So I, I was able to do that. Um, Hell yeah! You're the bit that sued. I <laughs> the bit that I've done the last few episodes, which is already stale, is uh, pretending to not know about the killer song to the guest. Like, like <laughs> the guest, <laughs> it's really stale now. But tomorrow, the de- the episode that comes out the day after tomorrow, the guest was like, "The Killers is a great band. My favorite song is Change Your Mind." And I'm like, "The who? <laughs> the what now?" <laughs> it was pretty funny. Okay, so our, our question comes from Marissa, and she says, if you could only watch one show slash movie for the rest of time, which would it be and why? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no. I don't know. And let's, to, to make it easier, I'm going to do, I'm going oh, institute to institute the rule that's going to be a show and a movie, because... Okay. You can't choose between movies and shows. That's not fair. Because a movie's only like three hours, unless you're talking about an art film that's like 14 hours. But um, yeah, so I think we can do one movie and one show. Okay. You want you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Well, I got my movie right now. So okay. maybe, well, do you have your answer ready? No, I didn't. Prepare. All right, then I'm going to say, oh, no, I got Okay. Adaptation <laughs> and... Tim and Eric, awesome show. Great job. Wow. <laughs> amazing, amazing choices. Explain. Adaptation is my favorite movie. It's unbelievable. It's so good. It's Nicolas Cage's best performance by far. It's it's so funny. It's got everything. I love it. I really love that movie. I've seriously, I watched it like several times after the first time I watched it. I made my mom watch it. I, I feel like it's good. You you know, I related to aspects of it. 
and it's very funny. It's seriously like one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, I think. Wow. And it's also like, have you seen it? No? It's good. It's written by Charlie Kaufman, and it's I thought it was really good. So that, and then Tim and Eric is just, I mean, that's, it's so funny. And it's I was trying to think show. of something that had enough seasons that could, well, I guess it's like, maybe it'd probably change to Eric Andre. I don't know. One of That's, those two. I've been getting into that show. Um, yeah, I just watched the finale the other day. It was great. Yeah, it would be an amazing series finale. Um, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of hope it is because like, how long can they keep doing that show where the guests know something bad is going to happen? Like the fun in the earlier seasons is people not knowing that they're essentially on this comedy, um, in this comedy haunted house, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I used to not like it because I, I had a hard time with my anxiety issues, but, um, now I just love it. I I love seeing people like the coffee mug gigs are all just 10 out of 10. Um, oh yeah the fire blows out of them it's fucking great the only time that they didn't commit to a sketch uh is the him picking up people's kids um, oh yeah i mean that i think he asked a few people and he hannibal just dipped yeah <laughs> and then and he said i can't do this man yeah. <laughs> it's one of the there only was... times he broke character he's really great the new season, I see. This, the reason why I think he's going to keep going is because of how the pranks are getting better. Like, okay. use like they have like a crashed car. They're, they, you know what I mean? Like, did you see that in the new season? Like, where he'd be like pretending he crashed a car, and they the car would be there. So he's gotten better at like creating effective like sets basically yeah. to convince people where it's like it's not sure. just him doing something nuts it's like there's car here like there's a baby <laughs> like floating in the river or whatever um but yeah i wonder about the celebs thing but there's enough the idea of celebrity i think is like thin enough that he can keep getting people that are like you know maybe not like, actually famous but sure sure and then they're just, they're really happy to be invited. Yeah, like, and they might not know. Like, there's, it seemed like the only person that really knew what was going on this season was Tia Carrera. Okay. I think but, that, I thought that New York, you know, uh, reality, Yeah, she probably did, too. She was, she was nervous the whole time and made it seem like, I'm waiting for you guys to, um, Naya Rivera from Glee was actually really good. They actually. Did Lakeith? Was that when Lakeith Stanfield growled at her? I can't remember if that was her no. or New York. Do you remember that? Um, I, I don't remember which one that was, but the uh, they actually were going to do a like tribute episode to Naya Rivera because they had so much good stuff with her. But um, because she uh, you know, passed away a few months ago, they, they just did a uh, in, in memory of at the end of the episode. Oh, wait. That's right. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That's a great show. Um, yeah. I don't know if that would be my one TV show, but you actually inspired me to change my TV show <laughs> answer. Um, so yeah. I think my TV show, originally I was going to pick Mad Men because I love that show and it just it goes into the, the idea that, you know, money won't solve your problems. <laughs> and it, it's that's not the main theme of the show, but it's a, it's a pretty good one. These people are all super rich by the end of it, and they're just still just as broken as they used to be. Um, 
and um, the character development for those characters is phenomenal. I mean, I, I love so many of those actors; they're incredible. Um, but you cha- you made me realize that like the show that I think is the funniest and has brought me the most joy, which I would need, is uh, Nathan for you. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and that's that has enough content where I wouldn't go crazy. I think it's like what three seasons. Um, it's more than that. I think well. If it's four, that's that's even better. I think you're right. I think it is four, and then the Finding Francis movie is like the greatest, the greatest <laughs> finale ever for a comedy show. Um, or, oh, God, that show's great. Um, and then my pick for a movie, I think. Hmm. God, that's that's hard, man. Because I have so many different styles that I like to watch, and I need something that's gonna encompass all of those encompass excuse me encompass encompass all of those um i'm gonna message marissa and go can it be two movies please (laughs) that'd be a lot easier um what two would you say um for two i would say um vel or uh mulholland drive and the muppet movie um i'm sorry the muppets from 2011 um, for oh, whatever okay. reason, I love that movie. Um, oh, that was good. I Jason Siegel did a great job with that one, and uh, it's just like I don't know. I have such vivid memories of getting off my shift at Caribou Coffee in the mall, and then going to see <laughs> that movie, and just being like, "God, this is so positive and uplifting," and it still has some modern jokes. And um, you know, the framing device for the movie, some Muppet fans are mad about it. They're like, "This isn't a Muppet movie. It's a." Jason Siegel and a puppet meet the Muppets and, you know, but I totally mm-hmm. disagree with that. I think that they give Kermit plenty of time to be the main character and, um, or be one of the main characters. And I don't know. I love that movie. The score is by, uh, a guy from flight of the Concords, uh, oh, yeah. McKenzie, Brett McKenzie, I want to say. Yeah. And, um, the songs are phenomenal and I don't know. I've watched it with plenty of people and it's done gangbusters with a lot of different people. Like, um, we were on the Disney cruise and, um, I mean, it made my dad laugh, my stepmom laugh, my brother and sister. And then my little brother, Tommy, who at the time was like, um, I think 11 or somewhere around there. And it's like, it, it kills it with so many different demographics, just like a good Muppet movie should. And then Mulholland Drive. Well, you know what? Twin Peaks season three. That's a movie. Is it? <laughs> That's what David Lynch says. And, oh, is um, that the newest one? It is. And um, it's sort of like the cool thing to be on film Twitter and say that that's a movie. Like in the in that movie showdown that they had, that was one of the options. And like, okay, it's a beautiful show, beautifully shot, one of my favorite things ever. Um, so I'm not a hater. But the thing is, is that it's not a movie because, every, well, it's a show, but like, even if you could argue that you could connect all 18 hours into one 18 hour movie. The problem is, is there's music performances after like almost every episode and there's, there's credits there. That would be a really unenjoyable watching experience in my opinion. So I, I don't really agree with the whole twin peaks season three as a movie. Um, I agree with, I agree with you not agreeing. (laughs) But that said, Mulholland drive is a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, it has 
horror elements. It has romantic elements. It has psychological elements. Um, comedy. There's hilarious stuff in it. I've have you seen it? I've never seen it. I've never oh, seen it. one I've wanted to see, but I just never have. For Let's reason. get on the Discord and, and watch it, man. Deal. Is Deal. it streaming somewhere? Um, it's, it's a Criterion Collection movie, and I feel like those are usually streaming somewhere. Right, if um, not, I could rent it. I remember yeah. when it came out, we were kids when it came out, but yeah, it was yeah, a huge it's, deal. It was, and it still is. And um, are you a David Lynch fan? I haven't seen everything he's done, but I yeah. like uh, yeah, I like Blue Velvet. And... Well, Blue Velvet is like um, probably the safest of his movies, um, really? besides like besides Elephant Man and the. Um, oh, the straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is pretty safe. There's not too many fucked up sequences. College. Did you like it? I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it's literally so, like, yeah, it's great. It's so cool when he can like pretend to be a regular director and uh, do these like. I wouldn't amazing say movies. that's what he did with them. Oh really? I think the fact that well, I, I if I mean I don't know if you define his work by like the weird violence and sexual stuff then it is like a normal movie but i i mean it is it's still pretty bizarre in my hmm. opinion it's not a dude like riding a like lawnmower sure actor thing like, i would just say state. that like it's not but it's good it really is good and it's got like yeah. the weirdness that you know like the characters are still weird okay and, I think it's good. It's right. it is it, is an attempt at like a more down the middle movie though. And it is like Ray G or something. You're right. Yeah. It's a Disney movie, I think. Isn't it? Is it? I, I think so. That, but... I'll check that. But yeah, it's and then good. Elephant Man is his awards bait movie and uh it's phenomenal. I love Elephant Man. Unreal. Um, so good. Um I saw it when I was a kiddo and it was probably a little too emotionally um, crushing for a kid, but man, I love yeah. that. Um, really traumatizing. <laughs> That's the mark of a good movie. If it traumatized me when I was a kid, but you still want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Want to? You know, yeah. Nobody ever wants to relive trauma subconsciously. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was released by Disney. Wow, back when that was a back then that was a big deal, and ninety five percent of movies weren't Disney movies. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting all. No, my final it's choice. Takes place in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I love thinking about like the Disney cinematic universe and how many things can cross over now. Not depressing at all. Um, so my final choices are the the Muppets from 2011 and Nathan for You because if I'm gonna have oh, to watch, yeah. those are both things that make me laugh and make me think humanity is pretty dang special overall. Hmm. I, that's good. Yeah, nice, nice. Have you seen John? Uh, How to with John Wilson? I just was. That's so funny. I was going to bring that up. I watched a clip of it last night. The uh, and it's not really a clip of it. It's the bread scene. How to? Or I mean, behind the scenes. It's hilarious. Yeah, I haven't Nathan, seen the whole thing yet, but it's pretty good. Nathan um, recruits a bunch of young teenage boys to live with him um in this behind the scenes documentary <laughs> and um they're making tiktoks and dancing and it's uh eh, it gets kind of creepy <laughs> nathan is not afraid to look creepy for the sake of comedy 
I, yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, all right, Aaron, well, tell people where they can find you on social media and if you've got anything coming up that you want people to be on the lookout for. I'm on Twitter at Aaron Isaacs 69 <laughs> and, uh, I, I have nothing going on. I'm not doing any comedy or anything until it's safe. Um, I am tangentially, I am sort of involved with a podcast called I Love You, Mana, which is a play on a great movie called I Love You, Man. <laughs> and That's it's one about, of my top ten favorite movies. Yeah, Is it? Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that. I know Forgetting Sarah Marshall's up there, right? No? We saw that together in high school. We saw that, and I was the only person who didn't enjoy it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> See, it's so funny. I thought you would have because of uh, Muppets. Seagull. It's, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I rewatched it recently, and it was much better than I remember it, so I was oh. wrong. I rewatched or, Old School. Doesn't hold up. <laughs> Todd Phillips movies have a shelf life of about six yeah. months where they're funny. You know what? Speaking of Todd Phillips, I watched, and again, I, I can edit, don't worry. Uh, uh, Todd Todd Phillips did this documentary about uh, Gigi Allen. No, oh. Gigi Allen. I watched it last night, and um, it was uh, pretty decent up until the end when he started he started doing like a Joker-style monologue about Gigi Allen, and uh, that sort of brought it down, but it's a pretty decent documentary. Um, <laughs> God, that... I. I haven't seen Joker, but I saw the scene where he says, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that abandons him? You get what you deserve. And um, it just pisses me off. It's the worst dialogue I've ever heard. Like, you ever heard of the expression, yeah. uh, show but don't tell? Yeah. That's that's literally telling and not showing. Or telling and showing. <laughs> uh, why would anyone call themselves a mentally ill loner? Like anyone who's mentally ill and a loner would be too far gone to realize that they're mentally ill. Anyway. I think, uh, I don't, you know, I think that Joaquin Phoenix is a really good enough. He's a good enough actor that there's a lot of bad writing in that movie that just kind of is like, he just such a good actor. You don't really even, that's not the stuff you remember mm-hmm. afterwards i feel like but i didn't love the joker movie i can't believe the the acclaim it got um yeah but, but i would check out the gg allen documentary it's on youtube yeah and, uh, well he uh they don't censor any of it man so he's performing oh, naked nice. he's shitting on the floor and he's rubbing his face uh, with a shit covered hand and throwing shit in the audience, and I saw all of it. And, uh, yeah, Dude, I'm gonna do that. Um, COVID's over. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, that's the thing. Gigi Allen, oh man, he would, he would never have liked. He would not have liked what we're going through now. I can't, I can't perform and give people my, uh, my best. Can you just imagine him like being totally naked and then wearing a mask and telling people, guys, wear masks. It's important. It's not this. Yeah, it's not the same effect when he's shitting on the stage over Zoom. <laughs> over Zoom. Hey, and it's, it camera. gets on the camera. People are like, and people in the chat are like, "Hey, we can't see." <laughs> someone, someone clean that, please. Um, 
but I'll, what's I'll, going on? What's yeah? What's going on? Um. Anyway, um, that's a whole other podcast talking about Gigi <laughs> Allen and my thoughts about him. Uh, all right, Aaron. Well, take care of yourself, and uh, next time you're doing a show, um, let me know. I want to see you live. All right. Well, thanks, man. It's good to catch up again. Yeah, great to catch up. Um, everyone, check him out on Twitter. He's very funny on there. So um, give him some uh, social media attention. And we'll be coming at you again next week. Take care, everybody. If you would like your question answered on the show, you can email us at isthispodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, ITPNT Podcast will get you our Reddit, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks to everyone who listened to this episode. Um, Next week is going to be a really fun holiday-themed episode, and uh, we're just going to keep on plugging along and having interesting people and interesting, uh, diverse perspectives. And um, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart if you're a fan, because I love doing this, and I love the idea that it's making someone else happy. So uh, have a great rest of your week. Bye.